Hey everyone, welcome to another Coffee Smarter Chat hosted by me, Ryan Wolt of Roast West Coast. This is the show where we help you, the listener, the reader of our newsletter that you can find at coffeesmarterpodcast.com, coffeesmarterpodcast.com, coffeesmarterpodcast.com. Make a better cup of coffee at home. Sorry, that was super annoying, but I've been told that if people hear things three times, they remember it. Uh, I'm joined by my longtime friend, my personal coffee sensei, Chris O'Brien, the founder and head roaster of Coffee Cycle Roasting in Pacific Beach, San Diego. Uh, you can find his coffees online at coffeecycleroasting.com. I'm pretty certain that I heard they got a bunch of really great scores, coffee rankings recently, or at some point. I know they did for certain, but I don't know when, and I don't know when you're listening to this. So uh, <laughs> who really knows? Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm really good. I'm feeling uh, feeling this delightful cup of coffee I'm drinking right now and uh, feeling happy to be in your presence, you know, some, somewhat uh, talking about coffee. <laughs> Virtually uh, in each other's presence. Uh, we could do this show in person, but I choose not to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's You're like 30 miles away. It's too far for me to go. Chris, I want to ask you uh, about something that I know is close to your heart uh, because I have seen you do these things uh, for the cafe. And I know you have years of practice and dialing in and figuring things out. And that is do-it-yourself creamers. Do-it-yourself milk additives is probably a better phrase. Is it possible, which I'm asking a little bit rhetorically? Sure, sure. I mean, and, you know, I don't want listeners to get the wrong idea that I was, you know, raised on a dairy farm or something, because that would certainly be do-it-yourself creamers. And that that sounds kind of great. I actually was raised dairy farm adjacent, and you certainly could directly spray some cream into a cup if you were so talented? Well, you know, I uh, I have not had that experience yet, but I have had some cool experiences um, researching some coffee professionals that have worked directly with dairy farmers and figuring out cool effects on the product. But I think really what we were trying to talk about is milk alternatives uh, that you can do Correct. in like a normal or average, you know, home uh, or apartment even, just something that's that's less, more accessible to, to every person and, and and that's, you know, possibly an alternative. And, and, you know, in the years that I've been in coffee, the dairy alternative options have grown so dramatically because when I was first in cafes, you know, it was soy milk and dairy milk. Thank goodness there was soy milk for those people that can't do dairy. And then, you know, it was a big deal when almond milk was added. Like almond milk and almond milk took the country by storm. Everybody was doing almond milk for many years, and now now the popular one is is oat milk. And I think oat milk's finally getting a little bit of backlash. I know dairy got backlash, and then almond got back soy, and you know, so kind of an inevitable little cycle we've got going on. And I don't know what's next, but I know that a lot of these things are actually possible to do at home. And the reason being, I would just throw out there, is it can be expensive. You know, I mean. If you're buying oat milk and almond milk and everything and adding it to your coffee every day, you might say to yourself, I want to save a little bit of money, which let's just be honest, when you're generally making your own things, that's not always the case. <laughs> but also you might just say, hey, you know what? I really like to know what I'm putting in my coffee. I just spent all this time researching this coffee roaster I buy from and making sure I'm buying good stuff. And I've got the special water that was distilled with minerals put into it. I want to know what the F I'm doing with 
the screamer. So I might want to make it myself. And I think that's where you come in, Chris. How do we do that? Absolutely. So, you know, most of these ingredients that you want to put into your non-dairy milk are pretty accessible. And I mean, I haven't actually made soy milk or oat milk myself. I don't know much about the process of soy milk, but I know oat milk is, is relatively straightforward. And I have made oat milk, so I can speak to that when you're done. Very cool. Very cool. And I mean, you know, we live in this delightful age where, you know, despite my frustration with online recipes, and I can't be alone in that, <laughs> the recipes for these things are widely available. Um, but what I think is one of the coolest aspects of it, you know, the cost consumption thing is, is very cool. The, the knowing what's in there is very cool, but you can kind of customize it for yourself. And I think that that's really, to me, my favorite aspect of it. I mean, there are companies out there that make just excellent products of these, you know, uh, there's brands of oat milk that you will find that you love or hate, brands of almond milk that you will love or hate. And so there's just some really cool decisions that people are making to have a product that is the way it is. Um, it's not almond milk always has to taste the way this brand of almond milk tastes. They all kind of have some subtle differences. And to some people, those are not subtle. <laughs> some people, those differences are very important and impactful. So you know, it's pretty obvious to most people that buying almonds or oats or, you know, something like that, cashews, macadamias, something that you could make a non-dairy milk with uh, is pretty easy to get that main ingredient. The other ingredient that goes in there that's quite important, you know, is water. And most people have access to that. The exact chemistry of your water, unlike with coffee, does not matter as much. There is sort of an aspect to milk and dairy alternatives that requires another ingredient that most people are not as familiar with. Um, and I don't know if this is needed in oat milk because I, I haven't actually made oat milk, so you'll probably be able to speak to this, but lecithin is a binding agent. It's a emulsifier, and that's what we use to make nut milks generally, and it's going to be what brings the fats and oils in the nuts to mix and blend with the water. So when you have milk, it's, it's you know, a, a liquid that has fat in it. And if you've ever added oil to water, you know that they don't mix. So you have to get something added to bring them together since there's fats and oils and milk and nuts that we're trying to turn into a, a milk. So do you have to do that with oats? So it's dealer's choice. It certainly is helpful to keep the binding, but it depends on your preference. So if I... Oat milk is pretty straightforward where it's it's ground. You take a bunch of oats and water uh, and then some sort of sugar source. So some recipes call for like a date uh, to be chopped up or ground up in there. Some just add a little bit of sugar or sugar alternative and then blend it and maybe a little bit of salt depending on your taste preference. But if you do that and you put it in a mason jar and you put it in the fridge, by the next morning, there will be some separation. Uh, okay. Certainly. So if you're drinking it right away, doesn't really matter that much. But if mm. you want it to sit for three to five days, you know, if you don't know that you're going to be getting it, or you're only going to be getting it once a day for your coffee, uh, the less thin, less of thing can can help. But it's not required uh, over the long haul. The oat milk mixes pretty quickly if you if you just take your jar and you shake it up a little bit. It's it's a little bit easier for it to blend. Very cool. And I think that's generally the, the rule of thumb with most of these dairy alternative milks is that, you know, they, they can be made without this lecithin, but that does help. And when you say a word lecithin, when you say a word like that, or you, you read a word like that, if you don't know what it is, it can be 
you know, intimidating. I've, I've heard people kind of espouse the thought, you know, oh, if I don't know what the thing is on the label of the ingredients, that maybe it's, it's something that I don't want in my body. But lecithin is found mainly, or it's extracted mainly from sunflowers or soy. So it's present, you know, just kind of in a natural product. And it's even sold as a supplement because it's supposed to be actually quite, quite good for you. I, I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be good for, uh, but it's definitely sold <laughs> as a supplement because taking it's actually supposed to be just a, like a good thing to do for, for your body and your health. If we buy it for here, because we use it in several things, uh, I find it in the baking aisle. You know, it's right okay. there with like salts and sugars and flours and all the other stuff. You can find less, less of things. Yeah. And it's used in a lot of fine dining applications. It's used in a lot of fancy cocktail applications because it can create this kind of foaminess to it with this emulsifying. So in fine dining, sometimes there'll be, you know, a dish that's accented by a, a, a foam of some sort or a cocktail will have a foam of some sort. And then if you're not using like an egg white to make that, you're, you're generally using lecithin to make that, which is pretty cool that it's, it's kind of present already. Uh, if you look at the ingredients of a lot of things, you'll find it in there. It's in like every chocolate bar. There's plenty of things in a lot of chocolate bars that you probably don't want to be eating, but uh, lecithin is one of those ones that's in there that's totally fine. So to get back to kind of the the, the focus on the, the milks themselves, it's really water, whatever source, your nut or your oat or something like that, and then some kind of blending. And then a lot of the time, I, I don't think you mentioned this with the oats, but I'm pretty sure it's a part of it. There's there's a There's a filtration. Right. There's stuff that has come from your oats or nuts or whatever, and that you want to strain out because you don't want chunks of stuff in your in your milk. Uh, uh, at least I don't. I don't know about you, Ryan. <laughs> no, I mean, you're left with the oats, essentially, like there's a, a mush or a, a mash, I mean, a blended oat uh, with oat milk, uh, which I would say is actually quite tasty. So if you're if you're doubling down and having some oats for breakfast, it works out pretty well. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think the most popular milk to make at home is almond milk, or at least it has been, you know, until maybe recently. Um, and almond milk, you know, you have... Almond these... beverage. Oh, well, you can spell... People like to spell, <laughs> like to spell these non-dairy milks with a M-Y-L-K as sort of a way to differentiate it. The um, dairy I... industry is very particular about the use of the term milk in reference to nuts so we say okay. nut right. beverage all right well i certainly wouldn't want the dairy industry mafia hitmen to come knocking on my door after this recording so let me tell you you open the door and there's a bunch of cows standing there you are scared <laughs> out of your mind you know, like they're like you know like kind of like hey <laughs> what did you say about us they're italian cows i don't know why yeah. but they're very italian <laughs> Anyway, almond milk, almond beverage is the most popular. So when you're when you're making almond beverage, you know, you have to strain out these kind of fibers that are left afterwards. And, you know, you might be able to eat the oats from an oatmeal goat beverage uh, after uh, after making the, the beverage. But most of the time, those fibers from the almond are maybe not as uh, cereal-like. So there are some really cool creative ideas that people have gotten out there to use that leftover mash. And it's pretty cool what you can do with it. You know, it's it's not as nutritionally dense as it was before you've strained all this kind of product out of it, but it does have some nutritional value and it does have some flavor to it. And so you can kind of work with that. And I think most people that use it for something end up doing some sort of baking and sweet something or other, um, or some sort of like granola bar type of... Um, 
type of product. But there are some nut milks or nut, nut beverages or, or alternative beverages that don't have as much leftover mash or residue. At my shop, we make a cashew milk. And cashew nuts are not quite the same as other nuts. They come from this, this fruit, uh, the cashew fruit, which grows in Brazil and I think India as well. And the nut is sort of on top of the fruit, held in this, this encasing and yeah, they have to kind of peel it off. But what was interesting is I was making some almond milk and some macadamia milk. I was straining this stuff out and usually use this fine mesh bag. And it's basically like a cheesecloth. Uh, you can use any kind of filtration that's like nice and fine enough to hold this this mesh out of there. But usually it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fine nylon bag that's pretty strong. So you can really squeeze all the, uh, the beverage out of there. Uh, and not... It's, it's kind of a gross process in some ways. Um, there are some tools out there that make it less gross that don't use the bag, uh, but the bag is definitely the the easy entry to, uh, to that filtration. There's a product out there called the Almond Cow uh, that I'm sure those Italian cows would have a big issue with uh, the nomenclature there. You know, they, they'd be uh, getting some threats uh, ready for you. But <laughs> I'm going to have to apologize to so many people after this. <laughs> we're on the west coast the whole uh you know uh, new jersey italian cow mafia is, is, is way the show there. is worldwide chris well you know nice flex ryan <laughs> nice flex <laughs> it's listened to in 89 countries i counted and how many of those have italian cow mafias don't answer that <laughs> so there are some alternatives to you know the dirtiness or the the kind of getting your hands in there method that most most uh, nut milks, uh, nut beverages have as a filtration process. But when we went to filter our cashew milk, there was kind of nothing in there. Uh, and I assume it has to do with the nature of cashews being kind of different from some other other nuts. So I haven't made, you know, dairy alternatives from from everything out there, but there are certainly tons of resources out there available for people to look into what can you make milk out of at home or make beverage out of at home. <laughs> that uh, I'm, I'm going to stay calling it milk. I'm not worried about the cows. <laughs> I'm going to call it milk. This is killing me. Okay. So to recap, it's not difficult to make your own creamer milk alternative at home. Uh, it essentially involves having a pretty good blender uh, or even a, just an okay blender like mine throwing in a base flavor, uh, whether that's a nut or an oat or something else that you like, uh, a little bit of sweetener. And if you choose some less is thin uh, as, a, as a binder to kind of give it sort of the texture that you want. And the nice thing about it, I think, uh, as we're recapping, is there's a lot of customization. If you like a flavor more than another flavor, or if it comes out and you're like, it's not sweet enough, or you know, it doesn't have quite that flavor I want, you can change it as opposed to just being locked in to the one that you buy from the store. Now you give up that convenience of just buying a carton from the store. But I know in terms of oat milk with oat milk, I absolutely would save money by making it myself. And it, you know, took less than 10 minutes to from start to clean up. I mean, completely finish. but that may not be your motivation. It may just be a flavor one. And I think it's certainly worthwhile for that. Uh, Anything I missed there, Chris? No, I think we covered it pretty well. And, you know, I think it's like anything with coffee. I just encourage you to experiment and have fun, you know, read, read things online, see what other people are doing. You know, we have cacao butter in our cashew milk that was 
some offhand recommendation from someone on one comment thread on one post on the internet. And, you know, it ended up being something that really changed our product for, for the better. And so you just never know what kind of inspiration like that can strike and just have fun with it. Enjoy the process. You know, if you don't like your product, add something to it or toss it and try something new. Um, it's just enjoy the, enjoy the journey, not just the, the end product. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee Smarter, about milks, or not milks, rather milk-like beverage alternatives that you can buy and make and add to your coffee. You'll find a lot more information in the newsletter on coffeesmarterpodcast.com. Please check that out so you don't miss any of our Coffee Smarter episodes. Also subscribe, because more newsletter subscribers looks good to our partners, which allows us to generate more support and by extension, put out more coffee podcasts. Check it out on coffeesmarterpodcast.com. So, are you adding something to your cup of coffee, or steaming something to make a coffee drink, like a latte or a flat white? We have a lot of options besides the off-the-shelf creamers and milks. Heck, you have a lot of options in the not-milk arena that are specifically designed for coffee. Brands like Oatly have developed barista-specific versions of their popular drinks, that are designed to be used with coffee. If you look at the nutritional labels, you'll often see that the barista versions have more fat, which they add to act as a binder, and also create the texture and sweetness traditionally associated with coffee and milk drinks. As a recap today, I'll just say, if you're making your own coffee additives, don't be afraid. It is mostly blending together a few simple ingredients, like oats or nuts, a sweetener like a date or sugar, a dash of salt for taste, and good quality water. The scariest sounding ingredient might be lecithin, which is a binding agent or emulsifier that brings fats and oils together. Like I said, don't be afraid. It is just a sciency name for a product that holds all the different ingredients together and aids in preservation. It's often extracted from soy or sunflowers, so be sure to check the ingredients. Alternatively, without it, be prepared for a little separation as your new nut milk sits. You'll probably need to shake it up pretty well before using, which works fine too, especially if you're only making a small batch. After blending, you'll need something to strain out the nut or grain byproducts. This is generally the messiest part. A nut bag strainer is an easy way to keep things contained, and they're really affordable, at about $6 for a 3-pack online. Why make your own nut milk? For the fun of making it, I guess? Sure. For the added control of the food you're ingesting? Absolutely. To give yourself the opportunity to customize the flavors in your morning coffee? Definitely. The customization is one of the great advantages to making your own. After your initial experimentation, you might also save some money, in particular by making your own oat milk, which is often priced similarly to nut milks, despite the base product being drastically cheaper on the shelf. That's all for today's show. Once again, thank you Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle Roasting for appearing as a guest expert on Coffee Smarter. Find Coffee Cycle online at coffeecycleroasting.com to buy coffee. I'm partial to his choice of Sumatras. It's often my favorite on their menu. Thanks for partnering with the Roast West Coast Coffee Network, Chris. I'm looking forward to another Coffee Smarter chat in the near future. Shout out to the rest of our industry partners who support our efforts to share coffee education with the world, including Roast Our Coffee Packaging. They're the presenting sponsor of our Coffee Smarter Pro and Coffee People podcasts. You can learn more about them at Roastar.com. A big thanks to the rest of our industry partners, including Ignite Coffee Company, Maria Coffee, 
Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Ascento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Civets Roasting Machines, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Hasea Coffee Source, and Ascend Coffee Roasters. This show is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network, and this episode is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. Smarter. I, I usually make my oat milk with an uh, peppermint schnapps additive, but that's a different different show. <laughs> Hang on.